Welcome to the UCM Interface Bible Study Podcast, isang Bible Study Podcast by Pinoy's for Pinoy's, hosted by UCM Interface, ang Young Adults Community ng Union Church of Manila. Taglish, conversational, expository, slash inductive study method. Di kami experts, most of us are young professionals, but we do try our best to study context and let scripture speak for itself. Sa aming mga book studies and special topics, yung goal namin is to provide you with materials to help you live, work, speak, and serve as a follower of Jesus Christ. Thanks for joining us. At kung trip nyo tong ginagawa namin, please subscribe and share with your friends and family. Okay! Ito na! Ito na sa episode na to. Uh, introductions for everybody in the room. Uh, hello, this is Arvin. Nandito ulit ako. Ako po ay pastor. At the same time, uh, software engineer. Ako ngayon ay nandito pa rin sa Makati. I'm glad that you guys are enjoying Arvin so much. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Suki na yan. Ah. Okay. Na siya. My name is John. I was here for two episodes. Controversial episodes. And so, <laughs> I'm here again because this is going to be another controversial episode. <laughs> oh, I am yeah. pastoring a Joy Christian Fellowship in Intramuros. But of course, we're all in quarantine. So, I'm doing that online right now. Uh, I'm here in San Pedro, Laguna with my wife. Ako naman si Rainier, ang Young Adult Ministry Director ng Union Church of Manila at bumabati sa inyo dito sa Pioneer Mandaluyo. Yes. And this is Gooch, <laughs> commercial voice artist at nanggagaling pa rin sa Antipolo. So we just finished the Book of Daniel and before we begin with the next season, grabe, sumisisun na tayo. <laughs> season 4 na to. Mag-special episode muna tayo, which is the three most misinterpreted verses in the Bible, round 3. Oh, oh yes. yeah. Yan na tayo. Yes. So, yung previous two episodes had verses like yung for I know the plans that I have for you, I can do all things, do not judge. Ngayon, meron tayong bagong set. The first is Matthew 18.20, For where two or three gather in my name, there I am with them. Malakay 3.10, Test me in this and see if I do not throw open the floodgates of heaven. Amen. Amen, amen. <laughs> and lastly, 2 Chronicles 7.14, If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves, dot, 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 I'll forgive their sin and heal their land. Yeah. This one is very popular, especially sa panahon natin ngayon na may nationwide crisis. Oh, kinakanta pa ni Jamie Rivera. Grabe, you just dated yourself. <laughs> <laughs> But before that, just a short discussion kung bakit napaka-importante ng proper interpretation. Oh, kasi halimbawa, kapag hindi tama yung pag-handle mo ng Word of God, minsan that creates a defective view of God, wrong expectations, at pag nagkaroon ng mga maling pananaw na ganyan, yung faith mo hindi titibay. Magbibigay ako sa isang example ha, na nangyayari ngayon sa na mga kumakalat pala ng mga memes sa uh, social media. The flood lasted for 40 days. Jesus fasted for 40 days. Ginagamit niya yung biblical numerology, specifically number 40, and related that to quarantine. Kasi nga naman ang etymology ng quarantine, etymology nun in Latin. Kasi practice yun rin naman nung araw yung Pag nagka-quarantine ka, 40 days yung standard. So nirelate niya yan dun sa quarantine period natin. Kasi sabi niya, 40 days lang daw magka-quarantine. At aayos ang lahat, ibe-bless na tayo ni Lord. Eh kaso dito sa Pilipinas, nakakailang araw na ba tayo? Tayo, ngayong araw na to mismo. <laughs> Mahigit 40 na. Wala pa rin nangyayari. Lalagpas na tayong 60. Lagpas na tayo isang buwan. Ano yan? Mas madaming blessing tayo. Ganun? Kasi yung lagpas 40. Lagpas, lagpas! <laughs> Alam mo yung mga ganito, we were very careless in quoting scripture. It's I see Jesus basically. 
very, very dangerous for me kasi ako, in my ministry as a pastor, I should care. Diba? I should care for kung ano yung pinaniniwalaan ng mga tao sa church. Sabi ni Paul kasi kay Timothy, na, make every effort to present yourself approved to God, an unashamed workman who accurately handles the word of truth. So for me, it's a big deal. Hindi lang siya, okay, sige, mali yung interpretation mo, pagtawanan na lang kita sa social media. Hindi. Sa akin, may part ng puso ko na nababasag kapag nakikita ko yung ganong interpretation. Kasi kawawa ka naman. Kung mali yung interpretation mo, you're hanging your faith on something that is very, very wrong. You're trusting something, an idea, which was never really, hindi siya, hindi siya yung point eh. Just to add to that, kahit yung intention maganda, kung hindi yun yung sinasabi ng scripture, let's not put words in its mouth. Alam Wala yun? pa rin. Wala pa rin. Yeah, totoo. Nagkakaroon ng misrepresentation, no? Panginoon. Kasi hindi naman yun yung sinasabi niya eh. Kaya nga dyan din nagsisimula yung mga kulto because of a wrong or a mishandling or wrong interpretation of God's word. So hindi lang talaga tayo nandito para pagtawanan yung mga mali. I, I'm, well, I'm sorry if, if that's the thing that you get when you're listening to this podcast. I surely hope not because this is a matter of what you are believing in about God and about the Bible. And that's serious stuff. It is very serious. But I just wanted to say to our listeners na tayo rin mismo, I think we had experience misinterpreting these somewhere along the way. But somebody taught us better. And as brothers and sisters in Christ, meron tayong responsibility to teach each other how to intelligently interpret and communicate scripture so that we may be able to obey better. And so, sana, we are going to be of service to you sa mga episodes tulad ito. Okay, and plug lang namin yung aming process, which is the inductive Bible study process. And we have a two-part podcast episode called How to Do Inductive Bible Study. Check it out kung hindi nyo pa nasubukan. Okay, so the structure ng discussion natin is in four parts. First, a new verse. Second, paano siya popularly understood and applied? Third, ano talagang ibig sabihin nito after careful exposition? And lastly, so what? Sige, so dumuno tayo sa ating first verse, favorite verse ni Rainier. <laughs> Matthew 18:20. For where two or three are gathered in my name, there am I among them. Okay, so that's oh. the verse. Ano yung popular understanding and application nito? Nung bata pa akong Kristiyano, palagi namin kasing ginagamit ito, lalo na kung kakaunti yung dumadating sa fellowship. Parang bilang pampalubag-loob, sasabihin namin, at least dalawa tayo. Kasi we're two or three. Gather in my name. Nandito ang Panginoon. So may minimum requirement para nandun yung presensya ng Diyos. Parang gano'n. <laughs> <laughs> Pero talagang popular siya. Halimbawa, prayer meeting nga. Alam ko, pag prayer meeting namin, medyo kaunti din. Tatlo lang kayo. Gagamitin na naman ito. Okay lang yan. Pag-pray kami, opening prayer. Because Lord, we're two or three are gathered in your name. Madalas ito ginagamit sa worship. Maski nga sa mga panahong ito na hindi na nakakapunta yung mga tao sa churches. Physically, hindi nakakapunta na doon. Ginagamit din ito. Mahalaga. Ganyan. Tapos tayo dito, apat tayo. So... Oh, andito si Lord. Yay! Yay! <laughs> <laughs> Pati yung mga pastors kasi, ganun din yung, like, siguro, you do your opening prayer before the service and you see that kakonte than what you're expecting. And then you blurt out this verse. Parang pang-encourage. Pampalupaglobe siya. Ang intention is to say that the Lord is still here. Pero, parang may problema dun sa right, verse right. na 
Okay, so let's get into the context of Matthew 18:20. Pag nagtuturo nga tayo ng inductive Bible study method, sabi natin kailang arali natin yung context niya. Yung preceding verses, even the verses following the passage that you're studying. I think it's important to take note lang na when scripture was written, wala siyang numbers, wala siyang chapters. It's a flowing text eh. Kailan ba nangyari tong main numbers tsaka chapters? This is around the 1500. Uh, and I think it has been a great benefit for a lot of people na parang kaysa basahin nandun sa gitna ng galihan. <laughs> right. And also for accuracy that when you copy a version and then, you know, you decide to copy it to another book, just to make sure that everything's there when you copy it. There are chapters and verses. Kung baga, meron kang one-to-one correspondence para makita mo yung verses kung baka kulang. Yung problema nga lang is that we may have taken it a bit too far in isolated verses from each other. Very beneficial yung versification na tinatawag. Like in a chapter, in a verses. Kaya nga lang, mentally... Nagkakaroon tuloy ng groupings. Parang pinuputol tuloy natin yung flow ng text. Ngayon, balikan ko itong sa Matthew. Dito sa Matthew 18, halimbawa, ano, dito kasi si Jesus, nagbibigay na siya ng, kumbaga, ng prescription niya sa community ng believers. Parang sinasabi niya, bilang isang community of faith, meron kayong mga responsibilities dahil kayo ang magdadala ng gospel message. So how do you live out the gospel message as a family of faith? Characterized by humility, Purity, accountability, discipline, reconciliation, restoration, at forgiveness. Pagdating dito sa verse 15, nagkaroon ng isang issue na dapat alam din ng church kung paano niya i-handle. At dito nga sa NIV, nakalagay dito, may heading siya. Dealing with sin in the church. That's one section from verses 15 to 20. So, before we reach verse 20, ano ba yung nangyayari? Can somebody read verse 15? If your brother sins against you, go and tell him his fault between you and him alone. If he listens to you, you have gained your brother. Ang sinasabi dito, kailangan kapag merong nagkasala, either the person who has been offended o kaya isang miyembro ng komunidad na may knowledge dun sa kasalanan ng kapatid na yon, may responsibility siya para ma-confront itong taong to. So this is a personal confrontation. So kayong dalawa lang. Nakikita nyo, may privacy ito. Hindi pa post sa Facebook. Hindi. Hindi mo siya i-bop-bite-item. May churchmate ako, tawagin na lang natin sa pangalang. Hindi ganun. You have to address that person directly. So there's personal confrontation. Hmm. Yun daw yung first step. At kapag siya naman, nakinig sa'yo, then you have won your brother over. Tapos may susunod pa kasi minsan hindi naman resolve eh. So in verse 16, can somebody read verse 16? But if he does not listen, take one or two others along with you that every charge may be established by the evidence of two or three witnesses. Pag hindi na resolve ito, kailangan magkakaroon ng arbiter. But that is in the case of someone who's very stubborn. Nag-rebel pa rin talaga. So kailangan ng arbiter na ito yung parang kumbagang witness dun sa non-repentance ng taong yun. May sinabi kasi eh, take one or two others along. Meron kasi itong basihan sa Old Testament. Tingnan na lang natin itong Deuteronomy 19.15. Sabi dito, a single witness shall not suffice against a person for any crime or for any wrong in connection with any offense that he has committed. Only on the evidence of two witnesses or three witnesses shall a charge be established. 
Right. So meron ng basihan, no? Ang sabi sa Old Testament, you have to have two or three witnesses. Kaya dito sabi, you know, take one or two others along. Para merong witness na, o teka, ganito pa rin siya eh. Napatunayan niyo naman, di ba? Kasi nandun kayo na nagpinag-uusapan ulit namin tong issue. Ngayon, kung nagmamatigas pa rin, ano yung susunod sa so verse 17? If he refuses to listen to them, tell it to the church. And if he refuses to listen even to the church, let him be to you as a Gentile and a tax collector. Ang lakas, ano? Kaya pag hindi pa rin sumunod to, you can now bring this matter to the church. Pero, ang dapat nating isipin dito, iba ang itsura ng church noong first century. These are house churches. These are very, very small. Ang pag-handle nito, hindi pa rin ito masyadong publicized, kumbaga. Uh, or parang handle it like a family, ganyan? You handle it exactly like you would an erring member of your family, di ba? Pero wag tayong padadala dun sa treat them as you would a pagan or tax collector. Because how did Jesus treat a tax collector? He showed mercy. Share the gospel. Exactly. So ang pag-treat mo sa kanya, although hindi na siya bahagi ng fellowship niyo, itatrata mo siya na unbeliever, meaning you will win him over by sharing the gospel again to him with love, with mercy. Same. Yeah. Diba? Right. Kasi baka nga hindi niya naunawaan ng gospel to begin with. Right. Kaya walang pagbabago sa buhay niya. Na hindi kayo nasa same wavelength. Right. Pero nakita naman yung proseso nila on how to discipline a member, rebellious or sinning brother, meron talagang confidentiality. May pag-iingat doon. Kasi you still want to preserve the dignity of the person. Pagkatapos niyan, punta na tayo sa verse 18. Truly I say to you, whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Itong language na binding, loosing na to, is actually a legal language na ginagamit in the first century Jewish context. To bind is to restrict in a legal sense. On the other side, to lose, in the legal sense, it means to permit something. So, parang yung church ngayon ay nagkakaroon na siya ng authority. Yun lang ang point nun. Now we proceed to verse 19. Again, I say to you, if two of you agree on earth about anything they ask, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. So, malinaw to. Hindi pa nagbabagong konteksto natin. Puro church discipline pa rin ito. Kaya pagdating na natin dito sa verse 20, for where two or three gather in my name, there am I with them. Ano ngayon ang ibig sabihin na nito? Pinapakita ni Jesus sa kanila na ito yung way to discipline an erring brother. And kumbaga, huwag kayong panghihinaan ng loob if you have to do these things. Because this is the process. And if you do the process correctly, huwag kayong mag-alala because my presence will be with you. Ang tingin ko dito parang firma eh. Ito yung firma ko sa authority na binibigay ko sa inyo. Bilang iglesia, huwag kayong matakot sa gagawin ninyong decision because my presence is in your midst. And that is an empowerment that Jesus gives the church. Wow. Parang napakalayo hmm. pala ng ganun dito. <laughs> Malayo-malayo. Malayo yung pagkama. It's about church discipline. And the encouragement of Jesus Christ to say na, I am giving you authority. I'm giving the church authority to do these things. I am with you. Because we will be guided by the Holy Spirit. Kaya, ang delikado nga dito, para nagkakaroon ng discord, dahil ano ba talaga ang prayer? Kailangan ba may minimum number ng church members para ang presensya mo na Panginoon nandito? Kailangan ba may dalawa o tatlo? Alayon. It causes discord na, teka lang. It doesn't make sense kasi even Jesus says, but when you pray, go into your room and shut the door and pray to your father who is in secret. And your father who sees in secret will reward you. 
Wala ka kasama doon. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, gusto ko lang din linawin na whether mag-isa ka or marami kang kasama, when you pray as a Christian and as a believer, the Lord hears you. Walang numerical requirement. Uy, pare, samahan mo naman ako para maka- oh, para may two or three, gano'n. <laughs> so, medyo mali nga yung gamit talaga. Kasi, tinuturoan natin yung mga tao to say na, ah, okay, kailangan lang ng dalawa or tatlo para maging valid yung gathering or valid yung prayer. At saka, ganito yan, iba? sabihin nila, eh, harmless naman eh. Kung magkamali ba naman ako ng pag-quote ng scripture eh. Wala namang masamang nangyayari. Akala lang natin yun. When you form that habit of mishandling scripture, dyan tayo magkakaproblema. Hmm. One degree difference sa uh, compass might not make a difference in five minutes, but give it around five years. Uh-huh. That's gonna be two different uh-huh. locations. Totoo yan. Kumbaga, if you allowed the people to make the mistake here, we're saying na okay lang sa atin yung loose na handling. Okay, so that's for Matthew 18.20. Hopefully that was uh, educational. So wag na natin gagamitin to sa prayer meeting unless yung prayer meeting is about discipline. About church discipline. <laughs> <laughs> eh baka naman kasi nagtuturo tungkol sa discipline. Pwedeng gamitin. Okay, so wag na tayong umabot doon. Okay, so <laughs> Malachi 3.10 Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse that there may be food in my house. Test me in this, says the Lord Almighty, and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that there will not be room enough to store it. Amen. amen. Oh, yeah. Amen, amen. Okay. That's it. That's the episode. Let's pray. Teka, parang katunog niya yung siksikliglig. Oh, my. Okay, so how is this popularly understood, applied? Tama yung sinabi na Rainier. Katunog ito nung paano natin ginagamit yung siksikliglig at nag-uumapaw sa look 6. Which was part of one of the episodes before. Yes. Na, was it round 2? Sobrang popular niya kasi lalang-lalang na sa offertories. Yeah. The intention is for the people to prosper. Madalas ginagamit yun eh. So, magbigay ka, ibigay mo yung type mo, and then, test mo yung Lord. Mabubuhos siya yan. Babalik mm-hmm. siya yan. Ang blessing. Hindi kain ng bank account mo. <laughs> Iba to. Parang yung Old Testament version ng siksikligit na gumapaw eh. Ito yun eh. Oh. <laughs> uh, and nakakalungkot kasi recently lang nakapanood ako ng isang YouTube video na mga kilalang Christian personalities are using this passage to really uh, encourage people to give more. I would like to share then uh, merong, merong kaming mission trip sa Mindoro Bay 2018. One of the pastors there na tinuruan namin nag-react on the use of this passage. Kasi ito pong church nila sa Mindoro is medyo remote place. Medyo bundok. And then nung narinig nila na sinabi ko na mali yung pagkaka-handle ng passage na ito. Parang medyo nasaktan sila. Ito yung, ito na yung nadatlan namin. Ito na yung tinuro sa amin nung nagsimula ng church. Yeah. For many, many years. Yeah. Yes. Generations of teaching Oo. this. So hindi ko rin discount talaga eh. Na may ibang tao na ginagamit ito for this selfish game. And meron din ibang tao na ginagamit ito kasi eh, nakasanayan na. At eh, saka nasa Bible naman eh. There might be yeah. good intention rin naman. Maybe they just want the congregation to be blessed. Mm. Lahat naman mga yan, well-meaning naman sa paggamit. Mm-hmm. Pero, again, if hindi yan yung sinasabi ng scripture, hindi yan yung sinasabi ng scripture, di ba? Kakaroon so, ng problema, di ba? Exactly. Now, what does it mean through careful exposition? So, kung susundin natin yung pattern na ginagamit natin sa inductive Bible study, actually, medyo ano pa to eh, kailangang basahin mo talaga simula nung... Oh, backstory to eh. Oo, simula talaga ng chapter 1 hanggang chapter 4 at least. Mm-hmm. Kasi may lang naman itong book na ito para mag mo talaga yung buong context niya. This is a story of Israel na sila ay bumalik na sa nation nila from exile, 100 years after the exile. 
syempre, bumalik na sila. So, parang ito na yung magandang panahon for them to start new. Ilan sa kanila na-expect na yung mga prophecy before is matutupad na, yung Messiah, darating na sa time nila. So, yun yung expectation. And kung babasahin mo yung series ng dispute, dispute ito eh, ibig sabihin, magasalita yung Lord, si God, and then may sagot yung mga tao. And isa sa mga dispute na may kita natin dito is yung asa chapter 2. Yung idea na parang ano yung ginagawa ninyo sa temple ko? Ano yung ginagawa ninyo sa mga sacrifices na ino-offer ninyo? So, merong mga instances na pinansin si Yahweh, bakit kayo nag-o-offer ng mga sacrifices na mga reject? Well, parang ganon. Kung dun na sa mga governors ninyo, hindi ka ma-offer, pero bad sa akin. So, basically, may kita natin dito yung itsura ng mga Israelita kung paano nila insultuhin ang Diyos. Oh. Parang pinibigay nila yung leftovers. Yes, parang ganon. Yeah. Dalawa yung may mga problema dito, yung mga people o yung mga Israelite and even yung mga priests. Kasi nag-offer yung mga tao na mga, may mga blemish o mga reject na mga offering. Tapos yung mga priests, sinasabi nila, sige, okay lang yan. De, sige, basta, basta meron. Ethics lang talaga. <laughs> Oo, Oo basta, meron. basta meron. Kasi dumating sila sa point na medyo reject yung ino-offer nila. Medyo may, I think, parang may sort of famine sa sitwasyon nila during this time. And sa sobrang hindi na nakakapag-offer ng maayos yung mga tao, even yung priest, is, hindi na nila ginagawa na maayos yung trabaho nila. Yung klase ng buhay nila, sobrang corrupt, na even yung templo, na dapat yung pinaka-holy na lugar, nababastos. So, dito, babalik tayo dito sa passage natin, uh, rubbing God. So, parang minanakawan mo ang Diyos. So, sinabi dito, starting ng verse 6, For I, the Lord, do not change. Therefore, you, O children of Jacob, are not consumed. From the days of your fathers, you have turned aside from my statutes and have not kept them. Return to me, and I will return to you, says the Lord of hosts. But you say, how shall we return? Will man rob God? Yet you are robbing me. But you say, how have we robbed you in your tithes and contributions? You are cursed with a curse, for you are robbing me, the whole nation of you. Bring the full tithe into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house, and thereby put me to the test, says the Lord of hosts. If I will not open the windows of heaven for you and pour down for you a blessing until there is no more need. I will rebuke the devourer for you, so that it will not destroy the fruits of your soil, and your vine in the field shall not fail to bear, says the Lord of hosts. Then all nations will call you blessed, for you will be a land of delight says the Lord of Hosts. Okay, so kung titignan natin yung statements na parang sinandwich yung kusan yung verse na tinitignan natin sa verse 10, it, it talks about the Lord reminding, sabi niya sa verse 6, hindi siya nagbabago kung gaano siya ka-faithful kay Jacob. Ganon pa rin siya hanggang sa panahon nila. Yung sabot pa rin nila, parang, so ano yun para sa amin? And then sabi ng, ng Lord, return to me and I will return to you. Basically, ang sinasabi ni Lord dito is He wants them to repent from their sins. Ano ba yung ibig sabihin ng pag-repent? Parang pagtalikod sa dati nilang gawa at uh, pagbabago patungo sa kung ano yung nakaka-place sa Panginoon. May tanong dito, sabi niya, will, will man rob God? Yet you are robbing me, sabi ng Panginoon. Sabi niya, paano ka naming ninanakawan? So malinaw na sinabi dito, ninanakawan nila ang Diyos nang hindi pagbibigay ng kanilang tithes and contributions. So ano po ba yung tithes? In the Old Testament time, ito yung sistema ni Lord kung paano mabibigyan ng resources ang temple at yung Levites. Kung papansinin mo, dun sa hatian ng lupa noon sa Israel nung na-conquer nila, finally galing sila sa Egypt, walang lupa ang mga Levita kasi yung mga Levites were the temple keepers. Sila yung priests, sila yung 
yung nag-aano sa temple. So, as a part of yung obedience ng mga tao to the Lord, and also, as a system, para ma-provide din yung mga needs ng mga Levites, nagbibigay ng 10% to the temple as offering and tithe to the Lord. Oh, budget ng mga Levites, ng mga priests. Pero may problema sa dito, parang paano kami makapagbigay? Eh, yung mga offering nga namin is defiled. Ang sabi ng Panginoon sa verse 9, actually, dahil din sa inyo yan, you are cursed because of the curse for robbing me. Sa simula pa lang, hindi na kayo faithful sa akin sa pagbibigay ng inyong rights and offerings. That's why ang nangyari sa nation nyo, nagkaroon kayo ng sort of famine. That's not because the Lord want to happen or para mangyari sa kanila. It's because of their sin. Boy, petex-petex lang sila pang nag-offer. Oo. So may specific issue pala dito sa Malakay. May specific issue sila and how the people were giving to the temple. Kaya din very very specific yung reply ni God. Kasi yun yung pinipinpoint ng prophet. Yung disobedience nyo sa pagbibigay is also causing you trouble actually. Kaya ganun yung declaration din siguro sa 10, no? Oo, kaya may sinasabi sa na, test me. Ibig sabihin, obey. Sumunod kayo nung na- nararapat lang na pagsunod. Tingnan nyo kung hindi rin ako mag-respond. So, kung mapapabalikan natin, kung papaal natin tingnan itong passage na to, so kapag nagbigay ka daw ba sa Panginoon, ang ang respond ng Panginoon is bubuksan niya lahat yung floodgates of heaven para bigyan ka ng maraming blessing. Ganun natin siya nakita. Pero kung titignan natin base sa context, dahil nga sa famine na nanaranasan nila because of their disobedience. Yung mga tanim nila, yung mga crops nila ay hindi nagpaproduce. So sinabi ng Panginoon, I will open the windows of heaven, meaning it's the rain that needs to nourish yung kanilang mga pananim. To put it back to normal. Yes. God is saying na if you will start obeying me again, I will uh, bring everything back to normal. Para I will give rain so that makakain kayo na maayos. And kapansin-pansin sa verse 11, kung mapapansin nyo, I will rebuke the devourer for you so that it will not destroy the fruits of your soil and your vine in the field shall not fail. Locust ba ito? Oo, yung locust po yan na naninira ng mga pananin. Kung titingnan natin, di ba, parang it's it, yung, yung blessing, yung opening the gates of heaven or windows for heaven for you. It pertains about the rain, sustaining yung... Until there is no more need. Kasi yung need talaga ng mga tao is for their crops to grow at that point. The Lord is saying here na parang, Obey me so that your crops will grow. So, so that wala nang need sa nang pagkukulang. Okay. Para siya nagko-conflict with the current usage of Malakay 3.10. Kapag ginagamit natin siya as a promise to our church people that there will be so much blessing in their life that they will not be able to measure it. Pag ginagamit natin siya sa offertory, it's not because of the parang ito yung worship ninyo sa kanya, yung, yung obedience. Hindi ganun yung implication. Ang implication sa akin na paggamit ngayon is give to the Lord and tingnan yung, yung, yung opening the floodgates of heaven is an imagery that gets manipulated na ibubos si Lord so much blessing. Ganun. Oo, yung uh, interest rate ni Jesus, mataas. Diba? At uh, floodgate level yung, yung interest rate. Ay, yun nga, yung floodgate, yung, yung image na yun, yung ginagamit para yung babahan ito na yun, rumaragasang pagpapala. Ganon yung ano, ganon yung dating sa akin kapag ginagamit siya sa operatory. Ang isa pang punto nakita ko dito, ito agreement nila ni, ng Israel at saka ni Yahweh ito. Yes. Covenant ito. Limitado ito dun sa kanilang covenant. Hindi naman tayo Israel. Hindi naman nag-a-apply sa atin ito, itong covenant na ito. Eh, obsolete na yung law eh. Obsolete na yung mosaic law. 
In fact, even before Jesus arrived, 600 years before Jesus arrived, sinabi na ni Jeremiah, ni Ezekiel, this law will become obsolete. Hindi natin pwedeng i-apply to sa atin because this is in the context of the covenant agreement. And napaka-disingenuous lang para sa akin kasi nung paggamit na para dumami yung offering. Same na intention doon sa siksikliglig at umaapaw. Na parang gagamitin mo to as encouragement, quote-unquote, sa mga taon na magbigay sila ng mas marami so that the Lord will parang babahan ng blessing sa buhay nila. It, that's not what the scripture means sa Malakay. Uh, I think just the conversation about tithing. Yeah, because the law is already obsolete. My position there is Christians don't tithe anymore. Yeah, it's a grace giving. I think that's the term that they yeah. say now. Ang mas magandang ang principle dito yung binigay ni Apostle Paul sa Second Corinthians nine six to seven. Tama. The point is this: whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and whoever sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. Each one must give as he has decided in his heart, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. As leaders of the church, or if you are leading a Bible study, um, you can point them to the right um, context for modern Christians to give. And these are good verses to point to. Isa din sa akin yung kay Jesus Christ, yung pinakita niya yung widow and yung pera na pwede na lang ipangkain na lang nila, pero ibibigay pa niya. Sacrificial giving. It's bound to be more because you're worshiping God of all the grace that He has given you. Right, and that's definitely not just 10%. It's not limited to 10%, and it's not limited to a portion of your income. It's everything. You offer everything. Yung kabuuan mo. Give in response to the grace that you have uh, received. received in Christ. Just the idea of grace giving. Okay, that's Malachi 3.10. Okay, so now, ito na. Ito na, ito na, ito na. <laughs> Second Chronicles 7.14. Ito, very relevant verse. Especially ngayon na meron tayong pandemic. Ang sinasabi din sa Second Chronicles 7.14. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sin and will heal their land. Yan. Alright. So, saan to ginagamit most of the time? National Day of Prayer. Yan. Prayer breakfast ng mga pinuno ng bansa. Yan. 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 Yung mga ganyang verses. Ginagawang tema. Maganda kasing pag-usapan siya in, in the sense that Christians usually use this as an encouragement or providing a way out for people. Lalo na kung merong malaking disaster, problema yung bansa, parang malaking issue na pinagdadaanan, be it politics, be it national, uh, disaster. national disaster, be it financial problems sa, sa bansa or economic problems. Para siyang ano eh, parang one fix. It's the great fix of it all. Nakinokot ng mga Kristiyano that we should just humble ourselves before the Lord and pray and seek the Lord's face and turn from our wicked ways so that the Lord will fix the problem. Okay. The Lord will fix the problem of the country para wala na tayong problema. Kumbaga, ganun. Meron akong nakita sa timeline ko na bago tumama yung undoy dati, parating pa lang siya kasi. So, meron ng forecast. Tapos, meron ganun. Yung forecast before Yolanda, meron na naman ako nakitang mga ganitong ano. As if, 
titigil yung bagyo kapag kinote mo tong verse na to and nag-respond yung mga tao. Particularly Christians eh. Kasi if my people yeah, who are correct. called by my name. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. ibig sabihin, if the Christians will repent. Yeah. Ganun yung gamit. Parang dito sa, sa Pilipinas, ang burden is on the Christians to do this so that the Lord will fix whatever yung problema ng Pilipinas. It's very popular, particularly here, kasi reputation ng Pinas is a Christian nation. Prominently Christian yung culture. Prominently Christian culture. Okay, so now, ano yung kwento nito? If you look at this in context, of course, we always encourage you guys, ano yun, magsipag ng konti. Magbasa kayo ng konti pa. Rather than just focus on the verse itself. Kasi nga, the verse itself does not stand alone. It has a story around it. Basically, a flow around it. And the flow here is that, nag-promise si Solomon na gagawa niya ng tatapusin niya yung temple. And so he did that for a number of years, almost even decades. Galing sa chapter 6, going into chapter 7, dinededicate na yung temple. So ribbon cutting na. Oh, parang ganon. Of course, it's a big deal. Lalo na sa simula ng quote-unquote career ni Solomon as a king, it was still good at that point. Maganda pa yung simula eh. Maganda yung simula ng, ano, ng career ni Solomon. In chapter 6, he prays. And a beautiful prayer saying that, Lord, this is your house. This is your temple. Sabi niya dun sa verse 17, Now therefore, O Lord, God of Israel, let your word be confirmed that you will dwell with the nation of Israel. And so he was asking the Lord to dwell in the temple that they built for him. They did not spare any expense din dito sa templo na to. Sobrang gara talaga nung yung temple to begin with. Pinagpipray, dedicate ni Solomon yung templo kay Lord. Tapos, nag-respond si Lord sa chapter 7. As soon as Solomon finished his prayer, nagpadala si Lord ng fire from heaven and consumed the burnt offering and sacrifices. Sa Old Testament, nangyayari yun kapag nandun yung approval ni God. He consumes the offering. Siya mismo yung nagpadala ng apoy. It told Solomon that God approved the temple and he was actually agreeing to dwell within the Lord's house. And sabi dito sa, can you read chapter 7 verse 2? Saberito and the priests could not enter the house of the Lord because the glory of the Lord filled the Lord's house. Yon. So nakita natin yung presence ni God na nandun na. In dedication of the temple followed yung verse 11 to 12. Nagrespond si Lord hindi lang materially doon sa pagsunog ng offering. Nagrespond si Lord verbally kay Solomon. Mahaba yung response actually galing sa 12 hanggang verse 22. If you check verse 14, yung terminology kasi dyan na parang if my people who are called by my name, yung first phrase na yan, is very very much indicative na ang kausap ni Lord dito ay si Solomon at yung Israel. So covenantal language too eh. Oo. Na-mention na natin kanina yung covenant. Para sa mga hindi pa po nakakaalam, if you check yung story ng Exodus, yung mga uh, angkad ni Jacob doon ay walang national identity. They were just slaves. Tapos, the Lord took them out of Egypt. And then he had an agreement with them. Basically, the short version of the agreement is, I will be your God, you will be my people. Parte nung agreement na yun, dun sa you will be my people, ibig sabihin, lahat ng sasabihin ko, susunod kayo. You will obey me. And exclusive yung relationship natin. Walang unfaithfulness na mangyayari. Walang kaliwaan. Kaya yung number one commandment niya, uh, I am the Lord your God who brought you out of Egypt. You shall have no other gods before me. Dito sa parte na ito, ang ibig sabihin nitong verse 14 na to is that the Lord is laying down ano yung teolohiya na kailangan paniwalaan ng mga Israelites tungkol sa templo. 
Kasi it's first time nilang magkakaroon ng temple eh. First time nilang magkakaroon ng bahay-sambahan. So how does this work? Basically, ang sinasabi ni Lord, when you worship me, it will be in this place. Sabi niya dun sa verse 12 to 14, yes. Then the Lord appeared to Solomon in the night and said to him, I have heard your prayer and have chosen this place for myself as a house of sacrifice. When I shut up the heavens so that there is no rain, or command the locusts to devour the land, or send pestilence among my people, if my people who are called by my name humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and heal their land. Wow, related to sa Malakay, ano? Yes. <laughs> Bakit niyo pinili itong verse na to? Na, na, naisip, the connection is there. Ang sinasab, the Lord is giving them the theology of how the temple works as a part of their responsibility sa covenant nila with the Lord. And ang teolohiya dito is also a theology of grace. Isipin niyo yun na, na may, may concept na pala ng grace kahit sa Old Testament pa lang. When the Lord punishes you for your disobedience, what you do is you pray and you humble yourself and you seek the Lord's face again and then you repent and turn from your wicked ways. Then the Lord will take away the punishment and be gracious to you. This is how the Lord says Israel should be handling and should be doing yung life nila as the covenant nation. Now, makikita ninyo, moving forward sa Second Chronicles, how this was broken again and again. Which eventually led to exile. Totoo. By kings who did not do the things that they needed to do and led the people in the covenant with the Lord. Instead, they worshipped idols. Si Solomon mismo had idols and yung pag-intermarry with other nations na hindi nakapagbigay ng glory sa Panginoon. Of course, that was disobedience. Kaya, nandun yung famine, nandun yung pestilence, nandun yung mga nangyayaring punishment. This was part of the covenantal relationship between God and Israel. Ang mali dito is thinking that this verse automatically applies to modern Christians agad-agad. Bakit mali siya? Bakit hindi ka pwedeng tumalon? Kasi nga, very very clear sa ating pag-aaral na hindi ito para sa atin. The statement here is for Israel. And then sinabi mo na yun kanina na we are not part already of the old covenant. We're part of the new covenant in Christ. Yun yung covenant na binding sa atin. Pero sa kanila, ang binding sa kanila noon ay yung old covenant. I think one of the best questions to ask is not really paano ito mag apply sa buhay natin ngayon, kundi What does this teach us about God? Instead of assuming na replace natin yung... Uh, instead of putting ourselves in the place of Israel na hindi naman tama. I think another conflict then ang pinag-uusapan dito is national repentance eh. sa people of God, right? Not by a particular mm-hmm. small group of people within a nation. Ito. The way that it's popularly used today is if the Christians, the small group of people, repent then the Lord will heal the whole nation. Yeah. Yung sa akin, yung nation dito, very, very problematic yun if the Philippines takes this for its own. Like for example, paano kung Brazil? Diba? Yung mga Krisyano sa Brazil, hindi pwede sa kanila to. Kung sa Pilipinas lang to. Singular yung language dito. I will hear the nation. Which nation? Ang sagot doon, Israel. Hindi ka malilito. Hindi mo siya i-apply diretso sa nation mo. Kasi kung i-apply mo siya sa atin, so which nation now? Maraming Krisyano nagkalat sa buong mundo. Which nation dito? Yeah, kung Israel yung iniisip mo dito, hindi ka mawawala. In other words, para sa Israel ito, dahil ito kasama din sa covenantal agreement ni Yahweh at saka ng Israel, mm. which does not apply to the Philippines. It because the Philippines does not have that kind of covenant with God. Okay. Totoo. 
it does not mean though that we can't pray to the Lord to stop the pestilence. Jesus teaches us to pray to Him also, to pray for our needs. Ang problema lang talaga natin dito is, let's just not use this verse. Let's do not use this. Yun lang talaga. But then again, I'm thinking, paano naman ang level na malad ni Neve? The whole nation repents. Ibang usapan rin siguro yun, ano? Ibang usapan yun kasi may prophecy talaga na pinapasabi si, si God para sa people ng Nineveh. Specific yun, that if they repent. I mean, it's a great thing if a whole nation repents and turns to God, yeah, diba? Yeah, wala tayong problema. Though. It's a fantastic, it's a fantastic thing. And I think oh, oh. great things can only come from oh, it. Oh. In terms of how we treat people, in terms of how laws are gonna be formed, leaders are gonna lead, and budgets are gonna be used. Pero hindi to applied na kung mayroong disaster that will come, titigilin ni Lord yung storm, yeah. yung mga sakit. Very predictable yung patterns natin eh. Utilitarian yung gamit natin sa verse na ito. Ginagamit lang natin siya kapag kailangan natin ang Diyos na may gawin sa bansa natin. At saka bakit yung verse na ito lumalabas lang kapag may ganong issue? Bakit hindi yung tawag to repent every single day of our lives, di ba? Dapat nandun yung tawag to, to oh. repent of our sin. So, magiging laos na ba to? Hindi natin gagamitin pag sobrang yaman na ng Pinas. <laughs> oh, di ba? Absolutely. Oh, maganda lahat. Maayos lahat. <laughs> Kapag kung ari, naging level na tayo ng Korea na napakaganda ng lahat ng bagay, hindi eh, na natin gagamitin. Maganda ang takbo ng buong bansa. O di ito, ba't pa kailangan i-apply to the same way that it's being applied now? Manamang hindi na magpapakita tong verse na to. Which is what is wrong with how we use it. Utilitarian na may kailangan kasi kaming mawala, Lord. Eh. Kaya lumalabas tong verse na ito. Delikado dahil naging selective tayo. If we will apply this, dapat lahat din ng mga covenantal requirements ginagawa natin. Yeah, yeah. Dapat ganun tayong kadetalyado because this is written in the context of a violation of the covenant. Kapag na-violate mo yung covenant, sinasabi ng Panginoon sa Israel, ito ang mangyayari. Pero papatawarin ko kayo kapag kayo ay nagbalik loob sa akin. Nasa kontekstong yun. Specifics ito sa kanila. Siguro nga kasi sa kagustuhan natin magkaroon tayo ng Bible verse na pwedeng gamitin when something is going wrong with the country, may crisis. I think ang problema is how we perceive the Bible. Kung paano natin ginagamit yung Bible. Nakapag may problema ako, teka, ano ang sinasabi ng Bible dyan? Specifically. Magic 8-ball verse. Exactly. The Bible doesn't work that way. You get principles from Scripture and then apply these general principles to your specific situations. Totoo. And I yeah, think it also yeah. speaks about yung attitude natin about suffering. Ang thinking kasi dito is ano, very, very much prosperity theology. That if something bad is happening to you, it must be that you're doing something wrong. And so you want God to take away the suffering. And that carries also into this pandemic na we hear a lot of Christians are not supposed to be suffering in this pandemic. May ganong klaseng, kumbaga, fulcrum ng prosperity gospel yan. Kapag may suffering, may mali kayong ginagawa. And so, yun, lalabas yung verse na yun. Ang problema ko kasi dyan, if I quote that verse, what I'm teaching the church is you can use repentance to manipulate God. Kasi yung call dito sa 2 Chronicles 7.14, if my people magre-repent, mawawala yung problema. So, for example, pandemic or natural disaster. Pag nangyari yan, we're assuming God is punishing us. Kaya kailangan natin mag-repent para mawala itong mga tsunami, mawala itong mga volcanic eruptions. Parang ganun yung nangyayari. Yeah, so yeah. ginagamit natin itong verse na bilang agimat laban dun sa mga crisis na humaharap sa yun, yun, yun lang naman talaga. Ang problema nga kasi, I think when we read scripture, we always think it's about us. Second Chronicles is not about us. 
It's about Israel and God and their relationship. However, mahalaga pa rin sa atin itong librong ito dahil doon natin makikita yung character ng Diyos. And I think that's where we need to focus. The character of God being gracious, being merciful. But let us not use that verse and apply that to the Philippines because we don't have that covenantal agreement with the Lord. At yung mga nangyayaring problema, lalo na mga natural disasters, etc., may not necessarily be because it's punishment from God. And I don't think it is punishment from God. Kasi ang totoong punishment, kung talagang judgment ng Diyos ang hinaharap natin, eternal fire. Right. Marabi naman. Diba? <laughs> diba? Kung, kung judgment lang ng Diyos o punishment ng Diyos ang kinatatakutan natin, wag na yung mga pandemic-pandemic na yan. Mas nakakatakot kung wala si Kristo sa buhay mo. Kapag kaharap mo ng Panginoon at hindi mo kilala si Kristo, wala kang relasyon kay Kristo, yun ang totoong judgment. And I think all these things that's happening in the middle na like natural disasters, they may just be part of a broken world that's been affected by sin and death. Oh, corrupted. corrupted. We yes. live in but there will be a time when Jesus comes again and he will fix everything Amen. and there will be no more death but in the meantime it's here to stay and I think prosperity mindset is that rather than yung tipong, if there's suffering Lord please remove it maybe yung perspective natin should be more if there's suffering Lord help me endure through it Amen yan. Mm-hmm. That was just what I was... Kaya nga sabi ni James, if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God. And in, in, that's in the context of suffering. Because sabi ni James, count it all joy when you experience trials. And siyempre, tama yung sinabi mo, Gucci, pag nasa suffering ka, wala ka na magigets talaga. Pain lang yung maramdaman mo. But God is saying na, suffer well with me. And hindi ko kayang intindihin yun. So that's why sabi ni James, ask for wisdom to understand. Yon. Okay, so that was Second Chronicles seven fourteen, and para sa ating mga listeners, hopefully that was a very uh, intense and very detailed conversation. But hopefully, may nakuha kayo dun, and hopefully na bless kayo, and hopefully hindi nyo naren gamitin siguro to. Uh, in that context, <laughs> in that context, it's not a magic formula para magkaroon ng spiritual revival. Hindi ganon yun. Yeah, so that's it. So that was for our round three of three most misinterpreted verses in the Bible. Matindi at very detailed tong episode na to, but hopefully may nakuha kayo out of it. If you want to ask any questions, email us or send us a message or something, and we'd love to hear from you. So thank you very much, and we'll hope you'll stay tuned for our next season coming up. Thank you, and stay safe. God bless. God bless. Thanks for joining us in the UCM Interface Bible Study Podcast. If you want to know more about our ministry, follow UCM Interface on Facebook and Instagram or email us at ucminterface at gmail.com. Join us in Union Church of Manila, Rada Corner Legaspi, Makati City.